This is the Falcon Twin Podcast from falcontwin.com. I'm Brendan, the pod pinhead, and this is commentary for pages 318 to 327. Page 318, I love my couch. I do love my couch. That's really more talking about me than it is Mika, actually, because I do love my couch. You notice that Mika sleeps a lot on the couch, which is something that I do quite a bit. Even the pillows that she's using are actually extremely similar to the pillows that I sleep on all the time on my couch, which are not five feet away from me. And so anyways, the first panel on this page was... Some people were confused by it because they thought the house was burning down or something, but basically it just seemed like an interesting way to frame it, you know, with the whole idea of the fire there and Mika sleeping on the couch because, you know, really there wouldn't have been much other way to include both the cozy, roaring fire and Mika in the same panel. So that was just supposed to be an interesting framing thing, but I guess other people read different things into it. And so Mika is sleeping. And a very subtle thing on this page that I'm positive that no one understood was between panel four and panel five, some amount of time passes, probably on the order of about 30 minutes or so. This is supposed to be a thing where if you've taken naps, you're familiar with this idea where you close your eyes for what feels like five seconds. And then when you open your eyes again, it's 30 minutes later. And that's the same sort of thing. And so when Mika opens her eyes here, if you look very closely at the color of the couch and the color of the wood in the background, you can see they're a bit darker in panel 5 than they are in panel 4. And also Mika looks a little bit groggy or something as she wakes up. So a little bit of time passed, but the idea was that she didn't really experience the passage of time. Tresca goes and answers the door. At this point, you still don't know who it is, but you know, let's face it, it's probably pretty easy to figure out. Page 319. So interesting looking panel with Mika looking over the side of the couch there and if you really want to find continuity errors keep an eye on that couch because sometimes or on that arm of the couch anyway sometimes it sticks out past the edge of the upright part of it and sometimes it is flush with it and I just never really designed that couch properly so I've kind of gone back and forth on it and messed it up a little bit fortunately it's just the prop and people don't pay a lot of attention to that uh, decent looking I like the firelight in some of these panels. Actually, I think most of the panels have the firelight. It's not something that you can really see all that well. You can see it best in panel one, but there's a little bit of it in panel two and some of the later panels also. And then I do a similar thing with the morning light in a few pages where there's bright light coming from kind of off the, the page, which is, I just do that with a gradient overlay, which looks very nice. So Evan drops the bombshell and Tresca isn't quite sure who he's talking about and Evan has to explain what's going on. I'm not so thrilled with the looks of the characters on this page. Mika looks all right in the first panel, but I'm not so thrilled with anyone else, particularly Tresca's look in the last panel, where she's supposed to be kind of dumbfounded, but she just looks more dumb than dumbfounded, and I don't like it too much. The focus thing is a little bit self-conscious and pretentious in the last panel, too. I mean, it was an interesting idea, and it's definitely something that I would expect to see if it were a movie, but I don't know that it worked all that well on this page page 320 and here's some more kind of weird looking character art. Tresca looks particularly strange from above. You don't see as much of the top of her head as you probably should. Mika sets down the coffee. Everyone is thinking that Mika was being kind of an asshole because she didn't get coffee for Evan and Annika but well one you don't see the table in front of them so how do you know she didn't and two how do you know she didn't ask and they didn't want any so neener neener. So Tresca is trying to figure out why they would be doing this and is really kind of coming up at a loss because the Durad didn't get a lot of people directly from near Tendra during the war, but they worked very closely. And as one of the previous pages mentioned, a lot of the weapons that the Durad used during the war were from near Tendra. So she's having a hard time understanding why the Durad would 
come up and pick on them because you know they, not only do they not do it just because of the climate but also because they never really had any big beef against each other not that the Durad had a beef against any of the other people they pick on but the people in near tender weren't really used to having to deal with that as Annika points out they never really let common sense get in their way before of course Annika has her own set of beefs against the Durad as has been explained and so here we just cover the logistics of how long it's going to take and who's going to be going where, and maybe they're going somewhere else. Mika's trying to ask all the questions to see if it, maybe it's really not really true. She's in the denial stage. But no, they're really going to near Tendra, and they're going to have to deal with that. Page 321. Now Mika's starting to get a little bit angry here, especially because she sort of had this image that, you know, near Tendra was full of tough people like Tresca, and even Tresca's starting to realize that there's really not a lot you could do against a force like the Durad, because... They may not be the most competent, wonderful people in the world, but it's still 200 guys with swords, and near Tendra is not a town that has a full army that could repel that kind of attack. They have police forces, of course, but nothing that would really be much good against an actual army. And Evan here tries to stop them from doing anything too ridiculous, and part of this was because I wanted Mika to go out there and confront them alone, and I didn't really want it to be a situation where all of a sudden they go running around in the streets and trying to whip up support, which wouldn't have really accomplished much in 24 hours anyhow. But I also didn't want everyone to go out and start going all over the place and, and trying to do stuff. I wanted this to be something that Mika dealt with by herself. So I hammer this point home with Evan repeatedly about, you know, don't go out, just stay inside and try to avoid ever having any contact with them when they get there. And in a way, you can sort of understand his reasoning, which is that, look, there's no way you're going to actually get a resistance going. And if you do, it's going to be a bunch of people who clearly aren't able to fight, so they're just going to go out there and die. And, you know, if you do tell people, then you could get a panic. And so really, in that situation, the idea of not telling anyone is kind of awful, but really, you know, you can sort of see some sense in it. And so in the last panel here, of course, you can start to guess what Mika's thoughts are, are about this. Obviously, she's her heart is breaking as she sees Tresca going through this. It's one of the first times that really Tresca gets played very serious. I mean, in the past she's been angry and she's, you know, kicked people's asses, but you never really saw much depth of emotion from her. And this is one of the first times you get to do it, and in a way it seems a little bit heavy-handed, but, you know, this is something that would be pretty serious to her. And as Mika watches, she's starting to have other thoughts going on in her head. Page 322, Helpless, one of the less inspiring titles in Falcon Twin as Mika's back on her beloved couch and my beloved couch watching Tresca go back to her room from the bathroom which I don't know if I explained that or not that is the bathroom that she's coming out of I, I, th I think I explained that in the last podcast and there's not really a lot to say about this page the basic point of it is just to lead into the conversation which is going to happen on page 323 when Mika's having her little internal monologue not unlike most of the other internal monologues that she's had in the past, like I discussed in the previous podcast, where it always ends up being something depressing for Mika. In this case, it's kind of her pushing in this direction of, well, I'm going to go have to do something about this, which is kind of the conclusion that she comes to. It's not really actually stated in the in the strip, but it's something that if you're reading between the lines, you probably will be able to pick up. And so Mika's, her reasoning is basically, well, life sucks for me anyway, so I might as well go out and do this. And, you know, her final line should be the, the big clue where she said it really would be best if I were gone. That's the clue that she's probably going to go out and do something about it. Page 324, The Thief Also Rises. Not a wonderful title, but certainly not the worst. I really like the first panel on this page. This I did entirely in Photoshop, 
and what was really nice about it is that it didn't take as long as it probably could have and it looks like there's a lot more going on in that panel than there really is it's actually fairly scratchy and loose but for whatever reason it, it still seems to kind of gel and look like a nice morning sunrise with the snow and, and the bright sun reflecting off all of that and for some reason I mean I wish I could do that on a lot of the other pages in Falcon Twin because it would certainly save me a lot of effort so Mika here is waking up before Tresca which is something that's basically unprecedented in their relationship and so she wakes up and prepares breakfast and for all the people who have been wondering the breakfast was scrambled eggs, hash browns, and bacon although the bacon ends up looking a little bit more like sausage but you know doing scrambled eggs is a lot harder than I had any idea it would be when I tried to do it so Mika goes and wakes up Tresco. The first time you really ever get to see the inside of her room, that's her closet slash wardrobe behind Mika there in panel four. And you'll get to see a little bit more of her room before too long. But it's not something that you'd ever get to see a lot of because not a lot of action is happening in there. And so Tresca and Mika come out to the living room slash dining area where Mika's prepared breakfast. It's going to be a fairly quiet breakfast, which follows over to the next page, page 325 where you can see they're pretty much doing nothing at all, you know, no conversation at all as they eat. And the clack, someone was wondering about the clack. The clack is just Tresca picking up food off her plate because, you know, it's a ceramic plate and she's got a metal fork and so metal against ceramic makes a clack sound. And there's a little bit of kind of uncomfortable silence between the two of them because Mika wants to say something or at least say anything but doesn't really know what to say and Tresca's not really in the mood to talk. You can also see a little bit more of that portrait of Tresca there in panel four, the long wide one with Mika. And so finally Mika announces that she's going to go out. I really hate the background in the last panel on this page. It just doesn't, it's not in perspective and it's not the background that you should be seeing there. You should probably be seeing more of the floor, but I just wasn't paying attention or I got lazy or something and that one didn't work out at all. Page 326, portent. So now Mika's getting ready to go out and originally when I was planning to have Mika go out, I was going to have her, when she picked up her sword, Tresca notices. She doesn't say anything. The original idea was to have Tresca challenge Mika on it and say, well, what do you need your sword for? And Mika says, you know, just in case. And Tresca says, well, you know, just in case what? And then it was going to become a big argument, and then Mika was going to run out and slam the door. But that didn't, Tresca didn't really seem to be, you know, in a mood that would make much sense for her to do that. And also, I didn't really feel like dwelling on this whole is she going is she not going because everyone knows she's going out eventually so there's no point in wasting much time on it at one point it was going to be right here where they were going to have the confrontation another version of it I was going to have Mika go out without her sword and then come back just to get it and then that was going to be where Tresco would say why are you doing this and Mika was going to go out part of the reason also was that there wasn't going to be a good satisfactory answer for Mika to take her sword out with her. And so if Tresco were to start asking questions, Mika would have to say, well, forget it, I'm not talking to you, and slam the door and storm off. Well, Tresca could just follow her. And so in order to avoid having that happen, I just let Tresca kind of look silently. She does talk to Mika a little bit about it. You know, at the end of the page, she you know, starts to ask something to Mika. And then on page 327, Mika, she calls to Mika and says, you know, come back soon. Mika there's a little bit of an unspoken thing between the two of them. Tresca probably realizes Mika is going to do something that she shouldn't, but doesn't really want to deal with that because she's already got enough stuff on her plate to deal with to begin with. Uh, not her literal plate, but her psychological plate. 
And so there's a moment there where Mika's heart skips a beat in the third panel where she thinks that maybe Tresca's going to call her out on, hey, why are you taking your sword? What are you planning? But she doesn't and just kind of quietly tells Mika to be careful, which is sort of useless. And so Mika sort of covers it up and, and just says, okay, and doesn't comment on it before leaving Tresca to her orange juice and half-finished breakfast. Also, too, if you look in the last couple of pages, you can see the sunlight coming in. And actually, across the pages, you can actually see that the sunlight gets a little bit steeper in angle over the pages, so it starts out more shallow and then gets steeper as time goes on to indicate the sun rising. And so the, sh the shadow and light cast by the sun are also changing to reflect that a little bit. So that's it for that podcast. We're blasting right through these, aren't we? We're going to be right up to the current pages in a couple of weeks at most. If you have any questions or comments, you can email them to me via the link on the homepage or post them in the forums. Some of the music provided tonight was from the Podshow Podsafe Music Network. Check that out at music.podshow.com. So there, 